Powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN. It is episode 55, season four of the Rain Rigs Hockey Podcast, and it is presented by our title sponsored Canadian Club Whiskey. Ray, you're traveling, wrapping up this NHL regular yeah. season, and then more travel with the Stanley Cup playoffs looming. I don't know that I've ever watched more TV than I did on Sunday cool. with the conclusion of the Masters, right? Because it was a marathon with the delays in the weather systems that ripped through Augusta. But, I mean, captivating to a point. I was a bit disappointed. I thought Brooks Kepka or somebody else would give John Rahm more of a fight. Certainly looked that way to start. Yeah. The, the fourth and the final round, but man, you pit it in too, right? Yeah. It was just one of those days where it was compelling enough to to keep you glued to what is a terrific sporting. Well, I I changed my flight from Boston to Denver too, so it was earlier. So because I didn't want to miss it, I don't know when I booked it initially two months ago. I must have just you now not realized that the Masters Sunday was in the middle of my or my flight was in the middle of the Masters Sunday. So I got here early, met up with a couple of people I know. I literally sat in the same, yeah. same chair for seven hours, <laughs> except when I got up to grab oh, a beer boy. and then I yeah. walked the six steps back and sat down again. And, and <laughs> man, Rom was a machine. He was, Wasn't he? and he, I just thought he played with like incredible poise. Like when he was behind, yeah. he didn't, it didn't look like he was really forcing stuff. I, I think Kepka played a fabulous tournament. I think he ran out of gas at the end. Like he just, yeah, I agree. He just couldn't get anything yeah. going. And it's just like, it just flattened out on him. There's nobody more entertaining to watch than Jordan Spieth. He is everywhere no, on the course. No. I'm sure you saw that picture. With, <laughs> they have him peering out from the forest. Somehow they found his ball in there and he's trying to look for a little spot to hit it out. It's yeah, such a yeah, good picture. Yeah. But I, I mean, all of it, like, like Mickelson or hate Mickelson, guy's 52. He's in the top 10 again. Like it. Enormous story. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I, I think what I also followed, Dregs, I don't know if you followed this too, is like, I've not watched one second of the live tour. Like not one second. It just doesn't no. interest me in the least. But seeing all the best players together, I was like, yeah, that's really pretty great. Like it's, I really liked seeing those guys back in the, in the mix and, who knows what'll happen down the road, but uh, I think we saw two things. We saw an amazing, uh, an amazing set of uh, circumstances come together with the two tours to have the best players together, and we also saw the end of competitive golf yeah. for Tiger Woods. Like it's yeah, uh, it was sad to watch him so yeah, muddle around there, and like he just he simply physically can't do it. And there's no more no. comeback here, you know. Like no. th when they no. described his foot injury. And broken leg and all that, like, and the extent of it, like, it's just at that level, you just can't, it won't happen. No. And I think Jason Day said like a screw literally popped through the skin in his leg. That's uh -huh. what he was dealing with that in addition to the plantar fasciitis. So, I mean, talk about an elite athlete being absolutely stalled because his body is, is breaking down on him. You're a pretty economical player, yep. right? And what I mean by that is you don't like wasting time. Yeah. You, you know, you go through your routine, you hit the ball, you do it again, yeah. but do it in as expedited a fashion as you're coming. I hate slow play. Right? Can't stand it. So I don't know what hole it was, but I'm one point you're watching Kepka and Rom and they're sitting on a bench and they've got, what is it? Cantley and Hovland ahead of yes. them. And, and initially I think 
They thought it was sort of funny. Okay, we're waiting on a par five. We get it. They're waiting to get to the green in two. You know, that's what you have to do on certain holes at Augusta. But then as the, as, and maybe it was in part because Kepka wasn't driving the ball particularly straight. So he's got some stuff going on between his ears. But man, as that day continued to grind, you could just see the smoke coming out of Kapka's ears waiting for Patrick Cantley to get his arts in gear. Like that must have been incredibly frustrating. Boy, it it's frustrating when we play and you've got some donkey yeah. up there that's walking around a four foot putt. Just hit it. You're probably gonna miss it anyway. Just hit just it. Just hit it. Exactly. And so yeah. I, I've yelled from the fairway as a guy's lining up a short one. It's good. Just take it. Like, just get going. I love that. But so the one, there was one video, Cantley's a hundred yards in the fairway, walking up to the green and yeah. Hovland's chipping. He's not waiting for him. Yeah. He's, like, he's had it. No. And they do have yeah. slow play penalties. I don't know why somebody wouldn't have come and lit a fire under his ass. Like that's. Just that, put him on the clock. That's ridiculous. Right. Because you're not only doing it. Well, so the guys behind you, you're you're punishing the hell out of the guy that's got to sit and wait for you, Hovland. Yeah, and so, oh, but man, he I, I, was I, hot, and he should have been. He was hot, and that's he should have. I had to bring it up with you because I could just see. I mean, we'd all get annoyed by it, but I could see how you I can't would stand be just steamed. And, and here's the other thing: doesn't Patrick? Doesn't just from you know? Of course, I've never met him or, or anything, but doesn't. Can't play. Look like he just loves the game. Holy smokes! It's like he <laughs> he just mopes around there. Is everything's a frown? Like lighten up, pal. It'll probably help you play better. He's, he's Daryl Sutter on a golf course, you know, just with that kind. He always looks like he's frowning or pissed off at something. Well, Daryl's got something. Daryl's got something to no. frown about now. Yeah. Yeah, let's dive into headlines. Flames eliminated, as we know. Surprisingly, if we want to just put a bow on that shootout loss to the Nashville Predators, Daryl Sutter opts for Nick Ritchie over Ty Toffoli in the shootout. Now, I don't know. I mean, normally we don't question the lineup of of the shootout roster of, of clubs around the National Hockey League. But when you get to the level of importance of this game, that scenario, I think it's fair game. I think it's 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 fair game. So maybe that's just kind of dipping our toe into what has been near abysmal season for the Calgary Flames. So first of all, your initial thoughts on Calgary not being in the playoff mix, and maybe we can kind of peel the onion away off. Well, I'm I'm surprised. Uh, I thought they, you know, when they got decimated in the in the summer, I thought Bradshaw Living did a did about as good a job as you could. You can go back on her podcast, and yeah, I think we both agreed. agreed that out of a yeah. pretty bad spot, he. You know, he pulled in some good players. Uh, it wasn't right from the very beginning. Like that team struggled in October and November and like never got to the point where you're like, oh, they've got it rolling now. Early it was Markstrom. Then it was, you know, Huberto never really, never really found it in no. Calgary. Kadri and, and Sutter were at odds for a large part of the year. Uh, it comes right, you know, now you get down to the shootout thing and, I can't figure out a world where I would pick Nick Ritchie in front of Tyler Toffoli. I just wouldn't. I, you know, I mean, I don't know how many, doesn't matter how many shootouts you have in practice, Toffoli's a better goal scorer. And, and that would have been my, my choice. Now here's the, here's the next stage to that, Driggs. And this is right up into what you deal with. What's next? Daryl Sutter is the only person to my knowledge in that management coaching tree that has a contract. Under contract. How is that even possible? Yeah. 
And so what does that mean going forward? Does, I mean, he's got two years left on his deal. I think I, I have in my head and that's, that's a wild scenario. That's a, you know, and it's, and Calgary's in a funny spot. So they, they've got all this management stuff. They've got to sort out. They still don't have their new arena sorted out. That thing's, no, that thing's way beyond due date. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're looking at a new arena there. You're looking at max speed. Two and a half, three years, three years at least, because you've got short building yeah. seasons in Calgary. It's not like if Arizona ever gets their stuff together, they can build 12 months of the year. So it's a, it's a right. funny set of circumstances around the flames. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, right? You know, I mean, there have been some speculating on Brad Living. Maybe he was approached before the start of the year and just said, ah, you know what? Let's just pump the brakes here. Let's just see. Let's get the season going, see where we're at. And maybe revisit it at that point. So those questions are going to have answers. Is Trilliving coming back? Do the Flames want Brad Trilliving back? Then what do you do with Daryl? Uh, it seems un Daryl Sutter like to step away in in whatever capacity, unless maybe he goes into management if Trilliving isn't coming back. I mean, there's all sorts of questions around this team. And then you look at their roster and they've got you know, a handful of guys who are pending unrestricted free agents who maybe are looking at this, assuming that they have market value as a get out of jail free card. And then you look at the long-term contracts of Kadri and Huberto. You've got Uyghur there. I, I mean, there, there are way more questions available right. than answers. And I don't know that those answers are going to come anytime soon, even though the season is about to end for the Flames. Yeah, this is... uh this will be really interesting to, because you have to establish what road you're going to be on. Like, are they now yeah. going to, are they going to try and bring along six or seven young guys to balance out the money that they've paid at the top end? Do they have to add players that can, I think they have to probably yeah. add players that can compete around the ages of the guys they've got that are the older end. It's a, yeah, I agree. It's a yeah. really, really trickle, tricky spot. And there's no yeah. question. Daryl is not an easy guy to play for. There's, I mean, there's no secret no, no, about that. That's no, been forever. No, and maybe some of those guys don't want to do that again. I mean, like there is a, there is a, there is a real powder keg there in Calgary. That oh, I agree. It's about yeah. It's about ready to be lit because they've missed the playoffs, and and you can't just say, oh, it'll be better next year. That's not that's not the way. No. Well, we'll continue to monitor that situation, but it will come to a head in the reasonably near future. The Winnipeg Jets need one point to clinch in the West. I mean, it seems like a foregone conclusion. They're going to do that unless they don't, but it seems well, like there, they there's will. analysis right there. Yes. They will, unless yes. they don't. I like it. Unless they don't. I like it. But have you seen more out of Winnipeg that would give you an indication when they lock down this playoff spot that is going to rejuvenate this group and they're going to be a handful in round. Well, I, I think Dregs the last week or so has been pretty, you know, pretty committed by the Jets. Yeah. After yeah. I mean they looked to be they they were all over the map. Like it was I think I was I was as surprised by them being in first place as I was by how bad they were for as long as they were. I I kind of felt they were in the middle of that somewhere. Like they've got some really good mm-hmm. players and yeah. met some really good players. And they just they all seem to fight against what made them successful. Like it's a hard way to play. And if you, if yeah. you look in the playoffs, if you get in there and, and, you know, and Ehlers and Connor find their game to the levels we know they can yeah. play at, and you've got a pretty good defense, you've got a great goaltender. 
Shifley seems to it's possible. Yeah, Shifley seems back on the beam a little bit here. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that's more of the team I expect them to be. And of course, if they get in, who they play is all over the map, right? Like it can be just about anything. That's right. Yeah, messy cap situation in Toronto, right? You know, they've got Matt Murray who continues to deal with symptoms, concussion-related symptoms. You've got Ilya Samsonov, who has to play a lot, right? I mean, just by virtue of the position, they don't really have anyone else because they cannot call up Joe Wall from the American League because of their cap situation. For the last couple of games, they've gone with an amateur trial goal. You know, Jet Alexander, university goalie, actually got in the game with 70 seconds left in a blowout against the Montreal Canadiens. But the reason that this is a difficult story, it gets eye-glazing for most hockey fans when we dive into the minutia of, of the cap okay. and all of that. Toronto doesn't have a choice, and they've been dealing you know, consistently with the NHL. Right. believe that they felt like they had, had reached the point of an emergency recall scenario whereby they could have brought up an American League goalie, and the league said, no, you actually haven't. <laughs> so, you know, here they go playing out the the remainder of the regular season unless something changes with a goalie that's not a pro goalie and 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 look okay the jet alexander story at least for me ray it's a good story when it's a one-off story right you know the guy gets 70 seconds in the nhl never gonna forget it good for awesome but then it, it turns ugly because you're talking about the best league in the world right there's pro goaltenders who are available, but because the cap is so tight for the Maple Leafs, they can't take advantage of that. And then you look at it from a playoff implication scenario. If you're the Islanders, or you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, or you're the Florida Panthers, and Samsonov gets hurt as we record this tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and you know Joe Schmo has to go in there, well, that upsets the competitive balance. Of, of all of it as well. So not sure who to blame in this one. I guess you have to blame the Maple Leafs for keeping that cap so razor thin that they're in this predicament. I, I don't love the way the cap works a lot of the time, but those are yeah. the rules. And it's yeah. not a surprise. Like they know the rules. We can, you can give them credit for manipulating the cap right to the last penny as they have. And yeah. then you can say, yeah, but there has to be a contingency. Or if you play without a contingency, this is what you get. Don't forget the Rangers, they did the same thing. It, it was only a month ago, six weeks ago, they were playing with 11 forwards and 5D. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And so the goalie spot is different to me than the rest of the roster. I would love to see a goalie that you could sign to um, basically your practice goalie that can yeah, like almost a taxi squad, yes, right? Can like only, just one can, allocated Yeah, but he can goalie. only go in. Yeah. Under an emergency emergency. circumstance, you can only be, you could even, because teams would try to jack around with that right away too. And and you could say he can only be in three games or five games or whatever, pick the number. So you don't just give a guy a day off to sit around. Yeah. Uh, But the, because the amateur trial goalie, nice story and all that, but it's not really the way it should be. But it's, you can blame the league if you want, because you don't like the cap, but the Leafs put themselves in this soup. It's their, it's their doing, and now you got to hope that Samsonov doesn't get hurt or your game one starter yeah. is Joe Wall. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I've reached out to the NHL on this and the NHL really wants nothing to do with it from a publicity perspective, because to your initial point, the rules are the rules. The rules haven't changed. It's inside the collective bargaining agreement and it's been there since day one of the CBA. So the NHL is willing to work as best they can with every club in the National Hockey League. But at the end of the day, there won't be any rule bending to it. No, one thing I got to say, Drake, I don't quite understand yeah. what, what, what are the rule or what the rule is to say, yeah, you can have an emergency call up or there they deny on this call. I, I don't quite understand the, the rule to that, to be honest with you. No, I'm with you. And it's, it's, I asked that question and I was, I got the response. Well, I'm going to need a full 10 by 10 whiteboard and eight bottles of wine so that I can <laughs> explain it and all the permutations and scenarios. How polite, go, how was, how, how polite was that to tell you to beat it? Pretty much, yeah. But it was also like we've been, you know, banging our head on this thing for several days now, and we're not sure we truly uh, understand it either. Connor Bedard, the Regina Pats, eliminated from the Western Hockey League playoffs last night. So I, you know, I don't know. Do we do we start? You know, everybody can look at the bottom feeders in the NHL regular season standings, which are soon going to close. But have you given this any thought? I mean, there are compelling stories if you look at the bottom five or so, right? Right. Of of where you could make the case that Bedard is needed the most, but maybe to spice it up a little bit, where is the best spot for Connor Bedard? And and for me, that's as intriguing as as anything because I feel like the Chicago Blackhawks with their resources and everything else are probably going to get their rebuild transitioned and turned around more quickly than maybe some of the others. And that could be unfair to Columbus. You could make a case for the Anaheim Ducks and how Connor Bedard would fit in nicely there with the likes of Trevor Zegras and Drysdale and some of their younger pieces. Or is there another team for you, Ray, that seems to kind of leap out of the stand? Well, I'm I mean, you say who could use them the most? Well, the answer is all of them. You don't, you're not down yeah, there because yeah. you've got a real strong group put together. No. Um, I don't know. I, I, I look at Montreal and I think like if they were able to pull off a trade for Pierre Luc Dubois, and now you have Dubois and Suzuki and you could play Bedard on the wing uh-huh. and all of a sudden, and you got Cole <laughs> Caulfield, I'm like, ooh, that all of a sudden looks really quite interesting. I mean, I, no kidding. You know, Arizona's sitting there at, you know, what are they? One, two, three, four, five, six from the bottom. And I can't even tell you what's going, you know, what they're going to do there. Like, what is that rebuild going to look like? Eventually, they're going to have to get players. You can't just keep collecting draft picks. And so that seems like that would be tough. Chicago, I, with you, Columbus has some pretty intriguing forwards in their system, but man, they've been in a perennial rebuild, it seems like for a long time. But you go, oh, wait a minute. Feels out. But you go, what if Line A gets healthy? What if, you got Goudreau there? You've got Kent Johnson. Yeah. Marchenko's a good player. And you're like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. That oh, when they're getting Zach Wierenski yeah, back. Pieces. That that sounds yeah. decent. Anaheim and San Jose are a long way from from being a good team. Like just by long the, way. just yeah. by the you know, the the position that they're in now. I, I don't know. The, the kid's a phenomenal player. I really I think I said before the the expectation on him is unrealistic. And yeah, the fact is he's going to go to a pretty bad team and it's going to be hard for him. It, it really is. Yeah. Unless that team goes out in the summer and spends a little bit of money to surround him yeah. a bit. Because here's the thing. If you're a bad team and you get Connor Bedard, you don't want to get 
pretty good next year. You don't want that. Yeah. You want to be no good again because you want to top pick the next year. For sure. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you've got, you're building around a kid that seems to be, you know, pretty rare find. 141 games, 144 goals. Yeah. I'd like the, in the Western hockey. Like league. that's, that's, uh, and don't forget too, like he's, he's 17. You know, it's not like he's 19 years old. So you're Connor's dad or his agent, Greg Landry. Um, look, we've been to enough international events. We've seen the great teams at Hockey Canada, USA Hockey, the, the European federations put together for the men's world championship. Connor has played a summer world junior, played world junior in December, just gave everything he could for the Regina Pats to the Regina Pats. So if your dad or you're the agent, do you say, you know what, bud? We know Hockey Canada is going to call. You need to just sit this one out. You'll have plenty of opportunity to play at the men's worlds and other international events as a pro moving forward. But you need to rest and just get ready for the offseason, get ready for the draft. That would be, would that be your advice? That would, it would be because don't forget, you the world championships are three weeks. So you go over there, you know, kind of the first of May, you get back the third week of May-ish, somewhere there. Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty soon you're at the draft. Well, he doesn't need to go to the combine. Yeah. No, I got a sore <laughs> shoulder. I don't know. Like, you know, he doesn't need to go. Yeah. Uh, but you're at the draft. Then you go to development camp because, the, you know, they're going to want you there at the camp. Um, yeah. Then you got probably from there, oof, what do you got? Maybe seven, eight weeks until camp opens. Like, yeah. And then you're going to be playing in a league that's fast forwarded to everything that you've ever done before. I, I think the prudent spot is to stay. And mm -hmm. Drake's what is the what is the lottery? Do you have the date offhand? I don't, but it, after the first eight? round, maybe Does that sound right? right? So the team is gonna be picked. Yeah. The world championship's gonna be picked yeah. before that lottery because that team would also have have influence yeah. too. I mean, he could be in Europe if yep. if he opts to go. I mean, which you know, okay, you're right. It's it's not insurmountable. It's not a huge deal, but it is part of the ceremony and and everything that is the dance leading up to being selected first overall, right? So, I mean, I just, I just think that I would all of value this. the rest yeah. given the the last year that he's had. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up headlines with this. Jonathan Taves. All right. He's he's not saying he's done. He's not officially saying he's done. Uh, sounds like if he decides to play next season, it's not going to be in Chicago with the Blackhawks. And we can appreciate why that would be too, right? I mean, turn the page, you know, maybe he does want to chase another Stanley Cup. If he feels strong enough physically, then good on him. Short-term, low-cost, I think he'd be a real juicy ad, wouldn't he, for a top contender? You know, yep. if he, he looks at the Patrice Bergeron package or something like that, why wouldn't he do that if he feels healthy enough to do well, that? Well, there's, there's a couple of things to that. One is nothing in his play right now shows you that he can be a really effective player on a good team, right? He hasn't played okay. much at all. Yeah. You know, he hasn't played much. No. So he's not in great shape. It's really hard to get into shape, like the shape he, you need to be in as you get older. It's really hard. And maybe mm. you don't have the stomach or the heart anymore to do that. Like he yeah. can't sort of say that he's going to do it. No, that's fair. So he's got to either be all into it. And it's not the playing. The playing's actually the easiest part to this strikes. It's, it's all the yeah. other work 
to get ready to be possibly considered to play. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, you mentioned Bergeron, you know, Boston's top two centers make $3.5 million this year on the cap. It's a big reason why mm. they're able to do what they do. <laughs> now, next year, they're going to get banged with it, yeah. at least a couple of million dollars of, of cap charges. They'll deal with that later. But you have to be sure if you're Taves, you want to put that work in to be able to be at least good enough that you're satisfied with your right. level of play. Agreed. So I, I'm not as I'm not as sold. All right, right. Not as sold. Nah, yeah, not as sold that he's coming back. Period. Yeah. That he would have it in him to put yeah. all that work in to be a yeah. player he uh, wants to be. A lot of miles on that chassis, man, and some great, great play. You know, talked about Bedard and think of the impact historically of Jonathan Taves, <laughs> the world junior level, etc. Those are your headlines. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. No Chris Abbott. You know, he's tied up in meetings here. So we're going to do the Botano.ca segment ourselves, right? Botano.ca, available in Ontario. Remember, Botano reminds us the game starts now. Why don't we quickly peruse some of the more interesting betting that can be done in Botano.ca as we look at the National Hockey League's Western mm-hmm. Conference. Well, well, let's do both the West and the East, the winners. So right now, the Colorado Avalanche are sitting at plus 275 to win the West. And then mm-hmm. it shifts to the Oilers at plus 400. Is that fair? You like that? I was, uh, I'm a bit surprised. I, I thought Edmonton might be considered top team to come out of the West, but the defending Stanley Cup champs are are hard to overlook. Yeah, they are. Um, man, if you if you look at what the what the Oilers have done since March first, they, yeah, they're by far the best team, and they're the healthiest team. Like, you yeah. know, look at Colorado, and I'm still wondering what you know. You can't count on anything from Landeskog. If you get something from a man, what a what a great bonus oh. that would be, right? But they're still, you know, McCarr's McCarr's been out again, and they may be just hanging on to him until the playoffs, you know, mm. uh, but I look, I think Byron's back. So I'm, I'm in Denver right now. And so I've yeah. got, I've got the Oilers and Avs tonight and it would be really interesting to watch them play. The Oilers are still trying to fight for the, you know, for the best spot they can get to Colorado's mm-hmm. in that mess in the, in the central still. But I, I thought, he, I mean, I look at that, I think they would be tighter. I, I think Edmonton's as good as anybody in the West right now. Yeah. We see Mark Stone skating with the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas right now, according to Botano.ca, is plus five hundred right to win the West. I mean that'd be that that's a fair assessment. I think if you look, Colorado, Edmonton, and, and Vegas all in that realm. Yeah, I don't think there's too much to differentiate them except like who who's playing a goal for Vegas this week? <laughs> right, right, like that's that's a crazy yeah. scenario they're they're dealing with. As for Mark Stone, if he could play and you only got 10 or 12 minutes a night out of him, like maybe that's physically mm-hmm. all he could give you, you could probably manipulate those minutes around that he'd still be a pretty effective player. 
Agreed. You know, like he, yeah. he's not, Agreed. He's, he's miles behind everybody, but he's really smart. And you could play him in the bumper mm-hmm. spot on the power play. You could, you know, have a, a few shifts a period and maybe he feels better than you think, but maybe not. And he'd still be, yeah. he'd still be a positive addition, I think. Yeah. So you've got Dallas at plus 600. It's surprising they're ahead of LA at plus 900. Well, LA's gone, LA's gone south here. A little they bit. They have of late. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They got a shutout a last little. night. They beat Vancouver, but yeah. um, I, I wouldn't be lining up to play LA. I'll tell you. I just, no. I, I think that's still yeah. a pretty good team. Okay. Eastern Conference, Ray. Again, obviously it's Boston at plus 200, according to Botano.ca. This is a bit more of a surprise to me that Carolina is right now, anyway, in terms of the odds ahead of both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New Jersey Devils. So Carolina is plus 500. New Jersey, Toronto are plus 600. Then you've got the Rangers at plus 700 and Tampa Bay at plus 800. So not a lot of love for the Lightning or the Rangers, but a lot of love for the Carolina Hurricanes after the leading Boston Bruins. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see that either. I, I thought at the deadline, Carolina needed a forward if they could. You know, they lost Pacioretty, who they thought was going to be a, you know, a, their one-shot scorer, if you will. And then they mm-hmm. don't add a yeah. forward. And then they lose Svechnikov, who was probably their best scoring forward. I, I think that that combination of events would have Carolina in a different place. I saw Jersey the other day. Um, I was in Boston. They lost two to one. They seem like they're not quite ready for that prime time yet. I think Toronto, I think Toronto's really good. I really do. Uh, if they lose to Tampa, that would be, that would be an upset to me. Like I, I think Toronto should be favored. I think Tampa's gotten to the point where finally they're on the other side of the hill. Uh, the Rangers for all that notoriety and, you know, and, shenanigans around getting Patrick Kane in there. They've kind of lost their way a little bit. And and to me, it's kind of predictable. They've got a lot of the same guys. I'll be really interested to see, can they gel or can they find a way to, to, to find the best minutes for each player? Because I, it seemed to be in kind of a middle ground right now. And that, that's no way to be right. Of course. No. And if it plays out that way in the playoffs, then we're probably going to spend a fair bit of time focusing on the New York Rangers in future yeah. Ray and Greg's hockey podcast. Right. All right. Thanks to Batano.ca. All sorts of different prop positions you can uh, sift through. Check them out at Batano.ca. Intriguing scenarios that will unfold by the end of the week as we lock in the playoff matchups and get ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right. Ask Ray and Greg's anything, Ray. Uh, we each week invite all of our listeners and those who follow us on our YouTube channel to send their questions on Twitter or Instagram at Ray and Dregs or on the website, rayanddregs.com. And each week we do our best to award a question asker or two or three with some of the fancy schmancy Ray and Dregs hockey podcast merchandise. Right, right. So let's go to Twitter for our first question from Lori Bennett. Okay. At Lori 10 halves at Lori 10 halves. Kent Hughes has said he would be willing to trade Florida's first rounder in another Kirby Doc-like deal. Who might he target? Now, a lot of the question uh, discussions around this kind of swirl around Pierre-Luc Dubois. So maybe it's Pierre-Luc Dubois if you buy into the speculation, or could it be somebody else? Of course, it could be somebody yep. else when you're interested in dealing away a pick like that. So, yeah, it's intriguing, right? Yeah. And it depends on the lottery, doesn't it? Well, it would, but 
again, they've, they've got enough draft picks. They've got enough picks already made that are in their system. We've seen this year, you know, they've run it at times, particularly late in the year, like a tryout. And they're getting a glimpse at what their future might be about who their prospects are really prospects, who are closer to the NHL than others. Uh, another Kirby Doc scenario, man. I mean, look, Chicago decided they were going to rebuild. Why they traded Kirby Doc, I don't get. I've never understood that. It still doesn't make sense. It makes sense. no sense no. to me whatsoever. They they traded away a player who's young, and then they drafted a player who's younger and smaller yeah. in that space. And so I've never understood that. That was a I thought that was a hell of a move by by Montreal. But yeah, I, I, I don't the accumulation of draft picks is always a nice thing till you get to a point where you're like, you gotta turn some of those picks into players. And that second pick that yeah. they have from Florida is a is a great example of that. Joshua Marshall Ray, you know Josh, he's a good dude at J. Marshy Bosco 93. What's been more impressive with the NHL Bruins? 60 plus wins and a plus 120 goal differential this season, or the 150 plus points by Connor McDavid? <laughs> Gee, that's a good one. Both. Yeah, both. <laughs> uh, by the way, that, that goal differential is so far the best in the league. It's it's outrageous. Yeah, well, in 1970s, was it 76, 70? No, 77, 78 is the Canadians team that they're close to passing. Yeah, yeah. Theirs was yeah. 216. <laughs> like, did the other team forget to show up a couple of nights? Like, that's... Like, come on. Just wild. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Bruins. Only because okay. so many different pieces have to fall into place for a team to be able to do that. I think what McDavid's doing is amazing. I just, I look forward to watching him again tonight. Back to back, 150 points is, well, the last guy that did that was Mario. And, you know, that was in an era that was a lot easier to score in than the one that we're in now. It seems so ridiculous as we think back to prior to the start of the season when some were, you know, almost trying to defend Connor and the fact that he doesn't care about yeah. scoring 50 or more goals. <laughs> we're like, what do you mean he doesn't care? So he just wants to be 40 goal scorer? Right. Like, I mean, given the opportunity, who doesn't want to score 50? And, you know, it wasn't that long ago where 70 goals was actually in his crosshairs. Now it's you know, yeah, by the By the way, all of a sudden, he's right there. In that rear view mirror is David Posternock. Oh, yeah. Like 60 goals. What an amazing month and a bit he's had here. Yeah. What a player. And Braden points at 49, yeah. right? He gets 50, and you've got five NHL players coming up at the end of the regular season with 50 or more, two of them with 60 or more. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been ridiculous. All right, Ray. James Malden is asking, Ray, when you played, did any of the teams you worked with have a sports psychologist that worked with the team or individual players? Point being that you obviously see teams now implementing this fully into their medical resource not a chance not not a chance we had was it the assistant coach who was the uh, I'll sports tell, let me give you a great story this was this is the psychology okay. we got so <laughs> when i got to the islanders al arbor you know you often hear me talk about al he quickly oh, yeah. figured out that he could boot me in the rear end and i would respond i was i was one of those guys some guys needed something else yeah. but I, I responded to that which I wish I wouldn't have because maybe people would have dealt with me. Yeah. Anyway, so Al would be really hard on me. So I'd go and he'd just be giving it to me. And so, you know, you got to do this. You got to do this. Seagull this, seagull that. And so I'd go to Lauren Henning, the assistant coach. 
And I'd be like, Lordy, this is ridiculous. Like Al's this and he's saying this and I can't believe it. And Lordy'd go, yeah, okay. Yeah. You bet. I'll talk to Al about it. You betcha. No problem. And it took me a little while to realize Lordy wasn't telling Al anything, not a thing. No He just way. let me unload. <laughs> I felt better. And then Lord went on and probably had a giggle about it. He's like, oh, Ray's all fired up again. And then. That's so good. That was our sports psychologist right there. A uh, great story. All right. Let's uh, wrap up Ray and Greg's. Just in honor of Connor Bedard, yeah. the Regina Pats in the Western Hockey League, here's a WHL Brandon Wheat King's question from at Glenn Tosh. Ray, the most underrated player you have ever played with. Now, it doesn't have to be with the Brandon Wheat King. Sure. There's just a follow-up question to me that relates to the Brandon Wheat King. Most That's underrated. Underrated player you've ever played with. Well, I, I think there are some Hall of Fame players that I think are still underrated. like. Do people understand the greatness of Brian Leach? And no, and and not fully. And I, so I, unless you played with or against, I, him, I remember right? going yeah. to New York, and I'm like, and I played against her at the island, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't, I can't believe how good this guy is. Like every, like mm-hmm. everything. So he, yeah, he would be one uh, for me that jumps out. I've always said Ron Francis has never gotten his due. Yeah, as yeah. Uh, you know, as one of the, the greatest passers in the game. I, I just. Like those, those two would, would stand out to me, try to go through. You know, it was an amazing player was the late Pavel Dimitra. Amazing yeah. player. You've always spoken. Highly yeah. Of he Pavel was Dimitra. so great. Yeah. So great. There you go. See, just had to get thinking it through yeah. and talking. So about what's it. the follow up oh, here? You said you got another one. Well, the follow up is Greg's best interview you had sure. while traveling, covering the Brandon Weekings and that. I mean, you got to go deep, man. We're talking into the 80s and the early 90s here. Uh, I mean, a couple would come to mind. Jeff Hodgers, of course, Aji was just hard on the sleeve, yeah. right? And I always went to Aji when the Wheat Kicks had a tough night or something like that because he'd be so fired up. Uh, Kevin Chevalier at the time was a captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings and no different than he is now. Very thoughtful, right? He always thought the game and, and the surroundings and was always team first. But here's a character one. Remember Doug Sauter? Oh, yeah, sure. Yep. Dougie Sauter was the head coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings for a stretch there. And I mean, this guy was out there. Like, you know, the old garbage can kick in, yeah. like all kinds of stuff. I remember one bus trip and Chevy might have been on this team. Aji was for sure. And I think they lost in a play-in with the Swift Current Broncos to qualify for the playoffs. And you know what the history was. I mean, you'd get on the bus, you'd stop for pizza or whatever, and you'd get back on the bus and away you would go. Well, in this case, Sauter, I guess, didn't think that they were going to win this game. So he had a bunch of like boxed sandwiches that rode with the team in the bus from Brandon to Swift, <laughs> and then the boys got an egg salad sandwich post-game. Well, there must have been two or three sandwiches come flying from the back <laughs> over the seats, aimed for Doug Sauter's head, right? Because he's sitting in the front row. But anyway, Dougie Sauter was always such a great That's character. A good one. So there you go. All right, we got to hand out some merch. Uh, I like the James Malden, the question about sports psychology, because that yep. conjured up a good story about Lauren Hennig. Yeah, I, uh, um, that, I do like the comparison, the team to player, the Bruins to McDavid. I thought that was a good, okay. that was a good one, too. Josh Marshall. Yep. There you go. There's a couple of good ones. 
Handing out some rain drags merch. All right, buddy. You've got the Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche. And then uh and then what? Uh home Wednesday. Uh yeah. tea times Thursday, Friday, as I'm doing my prep to see where I'm going. I'll find yeah, out probably course. Saturday. Uh you'll be in the east I'll though, be right? The east. To start. There's, Is that the plan? Uh, yeah. There's some shenanigans going on right now. Like when people are this is really I think kind of interesting. So they're you know, they're trying to figure out who gets which series and which buildings are available. Yeah, yeah. And last, oh, yeah. last year, the yeah. NBA playoffs did not start at the same time as the NHL playoffs. So, and I think the Rangers MSG is an issue, correct? They do. There's uh this, this fella that's making his way in, in music, Billy Joel, that's got a concert <laughs> in the middle of it too. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out the Billy Joel concert, <laughs> the Knicks, the Rangers, the Bruins, the Celtics, and trying to make sure everybody gets kind of the nights that they hope to get. And then, of course, the TV networks, you know, the I'm sure Rogers wants the Leafs on Saturday night for game three. Yeah. When, yeah, I think that would be game yeah. three. And so, you know, ESPN wants a certain, you know, whether it's Boston or New York, probably on their Saturday sure game. Would. And yeah. then TNT yeah. wants somebody on Sunday for their, so it's um, how they put this thing together, Drake's after about 15 seconds of explanation. Uh, it's it, bizarre. I, like, yeah. I don't get it. Just tell me where we need to go. So if I were Steve Hatsopetros and he's the guru, right? This is the man that does all of this stuff. I would be, and what do I care? I have no skin in this game. TSN doesn't have playoff right. hockey. I'd be like, all right, well, the Maple Leafs are going to draw, whether it's on a Thursday or a Friday. Right. Yeah, we, we appreciate that destination night is Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday. Right. But the Bruins series or the Rangers series matters more to us because of ESPN and ABC and TNT. So everybody's going to watch the Leafs <laughs> from yeah. a Canadian that, that could, perspective. That could right? be on, so, that could be, anyway. that game could be at midnight and people are going to watch it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what but I they can they can all right, buddy. they can figure well, it out. Enjoy the night. Hey, they can figure it out. And they'll let us know, and then we'll uh, schlep off to wherever they tell us to go. Well, I know what I'll be doing, and it won't be traveling, and it'll be locked in the studio doing pre and post games. That's what I'll be doing. Well, then see, you know, you know the That's way. Just the way it is. In park. Yes, I do. <laughs> all right, man. Have a good night. Thank you. Uh, travel safe. We'll connect again on on Thursday. We'll check in on your golf game, and then. Maybe, maybe by that point towards the end of the week, we'll have a better handle on what yeah, the series I, I think, will look like. I think the Calgary loss yesterday clarifies quite a bit of the, yeah, yeah. the mix, but yeah. but then it's going to be at the top who's going to play who. So we'll know. Hopefully, we'll know by Thursday. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you then. Yep. Big shout out to our partners who make the pod possible, our title sponsor, and good friends at Canadian Club Whiskey, who ask every episode, are you over beer? Batano.ca, it's available now in Ontario. The game starts now, says Batano. And by Doer, use code RNDPants to save 15% off everything at Doer.ca. That is episode 55 of the Rain Drake's Hockey Podcast. Until Thursday, enjoy the rest of the regular season and stay safe, everybody.